0: From the vibrant soul of sherri Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit, a show that reflects sherri passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. sherri and her guest lineup of authors, healers, educators, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Each week, sherri and her team of experts share remarkable insights about life, spirit, manifesting, and more.
1: Welcome to Just Ask Spirit. I'm Shariana. I'm your host. I'm also the author of many books, the most recent being Emotional Detox Now. And Just Ask Spirit, the show, it's it's about many things. It's about mental health. And it's about spirituality. And I don't think you can separate the two, quite honestly. It's about really showing how, well, at least what I believe is that when we aren't connected to spirit, and I know we have many d- ways to define that, I believe it can really impact our, our mental health and our physical health. And to support me with this discussion today, I have a very special guest. Um, his name is Rick Ornelius. Got it? Did I get it, Rick? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I had to practice that one, everyone. And Rick is an ultimate success coach, a best-selling author, Founder of iSpark Change, isparkchange.com. And he helps those looking for clarity and guidance to eliminate the roadblocks preventing their personal and professional success so they can infuse instant growth into their business and life while spreading positive change around the world. That sounds awesome. This is particularly interesting, this part, everyone. Rick, um, Also, he wasn't always interested in helping others on a global scale. Um, Sounds like, Rick, you had a pretty uh, divine awakening, and I'll talk more about that in in a moment, awe-inspiring spiritual connection when he least expected it. And he went from isolated to hopeless to writing a best-selling book, the title of his book, everyone, is 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World in Under Three Months. Pretty cool. Welcome, Rick, to Just Ask Spirit.
2: Well, thank you very much, Sherrianna. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on your show.
1: Oh, you're uh, you're perfect for the show. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so here you are, and you, you heard a little bit of the introduction of the show. I'm sure you've feel a bit of, of an alignment. It sounds like you're in alignment with what, what, um, this show is all about and tell us, um, why don't we ask what happened? I mean, what was the awakening?
2: Well, the, the big awakening for me, um, it, it, it really took a lot of time kind of marinating or brewing in my life, but it, but it, it, you know, it, it came to a, to a, um, to life really in 2020, in uh, when the pandemic had hit and the quarantine started and the world shut down. And that's where as you kind of alluded to in the bio, that's where I I got fearful and afraid because I my business had slowed down, I didn't have revenue coming in was uh, worried about how I was going to take care of my family, you know, pay my mortgage, all of that stuff. And I decided to, um, you know, after going into that kind of dark place for a short time i realized that i had it much better off than a lot of people and a lot of people were were suffering and in worse situations than i was and dying and and had worse issues and so i i changed my mentality to be one of trying to help help others and focus on others instead of what was going on with myself and when i made that shift um i wrote a blog about using the pandemic the quarantine as an opportunity and then i decided to take my own advice and and write this book that had been in my head for 20 years and in the time of writing that's really where that that moment was where um i felt this deep connection um and this divine presence and and felt that i was being called to do more and, and that's where, you know, everything pretty much changed for me with creating ice spark change and, and changing the path of my life. Really,
1: I absolutely love that, Rick. And I love that for so many reasons, because if, if anyone's listening, I don't know if you felt like I did, but we were waiting for sort of a near-death experience, right? And so what you're saying is you didn't have a near death. You, you had, um, uh, sort of maybe, a maybe perhaps went into some depression. Right, um, in terms of not no a helplessness, those kinds of emotions that can show up, and you're saying you were you decided to start writing, and that's when you got connected to divine presence. Am I hearing you correctly?
2: Yes, and, and the there is a part of the near death, death experience, but it came much earlier. and, oh. and so uh, before I get to that, I'll I'll explain in my writing. I started writing, um, going about it very methodically. I hadn't written a book, and so I, I said, okay, I'm going to commit to writing, you know, 500 or to a thousand words a day, and and just write consistently, which is from what I researched was the best way to kind of go about it. Mm -hmm. And and so I said, okay, this might take me six months or a year. I'll just kind of go write consistently and see what happens. And then as I'm writing about this this spiritual you know, story. Um, and it's a fictional story about an angel that is sent down from heaven and he helps individuals that are, um, 10 individuals with the biggest challenges they're having in their lives. But as I'm writing about this, I I felt really connected with, um, the Holy Spirit and really connected with, you know, God. And that's where during that, that, time that lasted about, you know, five or six weeks, kind of in the middle of my writing, everything changed. I, my writing went from, you know, 500 words in a day to like over 2,500 in a couple hours. And, holy, my, holy. Um, and you know, as an author, you might appreciate that. Yes, and, I
1: can. Wow. And,
2: and then I was wake up at all hours of the night with dreams and and ideas and visions and, and just so many, um, so many ideas that I just couldn't get out of my head and that's where the whole idea for Ice Spark Change was born but but all of this really was motivated by um the story of 12 hours of heaven which was inspired by an accident that I was in 21 years ago uh, a car accident with my Interesting. family
1: Interesting ah.
2: And so it, huh. that that book had been kind of brewing in my head for a long time. And I hadn't written it after the accident. And then when I got into that place that I was talking about in 2020, that depressed and anxious state, that's where I realized that it was time, you know, sure, I was hurting, but I realized a lot of others were hurting, as I said, more than I was. And I realized that my book could inspire them and and give them hope. And that's why I started writing at that time.
1: So what you're saying is 20 years ago, you had a near-death experience with your family?
2: Correct. Yes.
1: The whole family had, sounds like something tragic happened, an accident or something. Is that yep. right? Yes. Yeah. And you sit on this for 20 years.
2: Yes. I sit on this idea for this book that came after the accident and I sit on it for 20 years. Yeah, Exactly.
1: And and when you sit on it for twenty years, are you just going along with life? So I, I assume when you say your business was in trouble, you're talking about a business before I spark change. You're not talking about what you do now.
2: Correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. In in 2015, I had launched. I had come out of working in the corporate world and startups, and I had launched a, a consulting business, a coaching business in in 2015, and okay. that started suffering when a lot of my clients asked to put their services on hold and and one client that I was the CEO for, I had to resign from that position to help the business. And and so I it went from, you know, having success to nothing in in, you know, the blink of an eye.
1: Right. So so you're sort of um And so you decide, you realize that you're not the only one suffering, and you decide to start writing. And what inspired you for the the story was based on what had happened 20 years ago. So now you're providing really an outlet (laughs) for these emotions.
2: Correct. Would you say that would be
1: accurate, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, And and I hadn't really thought about it, you know, as an outlet for the emotions, but I guess that's as good a way to explain it as as any um you know shariana is that that they had been inside and um and i had always been when i was younger i had always been my, my my father was a very strong-willed individual and i had always been you know not a super emotional guy i always had felt i had control of my emotions and didn't you know around my family i mean i would show emotions and, and you know i'm very happy and outgoing and everything but when tragedy would happen or, or something like that in my family, I would always be the one to kind of take care of everyone else and, mm. and um, you know, keep my emotions under control, um, you know, not get too high, too low, but, you know, try to help others. And, so
1: you, you were raised to, like a lot of people were raised to keep emotions under wrap. Right. That yeah. it was a sign of strength to keep a emo- to to keep yourself really unemotional. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. Non-emotional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and so here you are, and you, you know, and what's always amazing to me, Rick, is it's amazing we can still be successful and do that. Right. I mean, it's it's not all bad, anybody who's listening. I mean, you can you see plenty of people out there that that aren't really in touch with their emotions, and they're still able to be successful, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's not like that can't happen, but it's fascinating how, so you come to this sort of standstill and decide to open up, and it's like a flood. I can't believe you wrote 2,500 words. And I mean, are you, what are you, are you writing like all night long? I mean, is this, are you no, just it, in a was, zone? Yeah. Yeah. It
2: was just, it was in, yeah. I, I literally felt, Sharana, as if the the story was being downloaded to me. A, a yeah. friend of mine termed it yeah. d- divine download, that I was receiving a divine download because yeah. I, I was, I'm not the fastest typist and I was <laughs> just typing, you know, like, like the story was just flowing out. Yeah, You know, I mean, some people yeah. can call it a flow state or, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I felt like the story was just being given to me and I was just piping.
1: Mm. I, I can so relate because that's exactly how emotional detox came to be. It was like a, you know, time in my life where I was at the bottom of the bottom. and couldn't get any lower. I was like, I, I don't think I can get any lower than this. And then that's how it was birthed really from that, from that space. So I totally get what you mean in terms of channeling something from somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, so so um, this book sounds incredible. Again, those of you who are just tr- turning um, into the show, if you're just popping in, um, um, I'm speaking with Rick. Let me give this another try. Ornelius, correct? Okay. Yes. Uh, tw- his uh, has a book called 12 Hours of Heaven, um, Lessons for a Better World in Under Three Months. So um, I always ask my guests, Rick, how, after all of this, right, you have this connection. Um, how do you define spirit?
2: For me, I, you know, I hadn't really thought of that until I went through my whole experience in the writing. I, I, it wasn't something that, you know, I, I had grown up. I, I went to, um, you know, in school, religion was an important part and, and and faith had always been an important part of my life and upbringing. But it wasn't until after the the writing that I realized that my definition is really um, inspiration. It's really inspiration Mm -hmm. because because the the word um, inspire comes from the Latin word, which means or inspiration comes with the Latin word, inspire, which means to give breath, to give life. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost as if, you know, spirit is, is breathing life to my idea, to my book, or breathing life into mm-hmm. me, to my words, or to my actions, and, and helping guide, um, you know, guide me on, you know, on the path that, that I'm on now. And that's really how I look at it is, is that inspiration and, and I guess guidance, you know, in a lot of ways. I love that.
1: I love that. So you define spirit as inspiration, which is defined as to give to give life to. Yep. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I know you're a father, correct? Yes. And how many children do you have?
2: I have three daughters. Um, oh,
1: so do I. Isn't oh. this fun? Aren't we having fun?
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, three. Now, now yes. I'm guessing that mine are a little older than yours. I mean, I don't mine are,
1: I, you'd be mine surprised. Are 18,
2: 18, 21 and 25. So,
1: okay. Yeah, no, I I. we're all we're close. We're co- close. I have 14. How old is she 19 and almost 22. Oh,
2: no, yeah. So yeah, yeah so behind. We're,
1: we're 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 close. Yeah, yeah. we're close. Good that times. Right. Yeah, good. times. <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's just an interesting age and anyone out there listening because we can all remember when we were 18 19 20 20 you know i mean those are the yeah. years that you're really trying to figure it out and um i think in in yeah. many ways and i you know i also teach at at a college so i'm i'm with this around these age ranges quite a bit uh, i teach psychology and um, and they're really amazing. How I find, anyway, I, and that's why I love being a teacher at the college. Is it gives me inspiration, right? Through their stories, they're they're so open, they're so honest, right? So different yeah. than, oh, right? You're like, oh, I was taught not to talk. They're like they lay it all out, right? They're not afraid to say, hey, I went through a rough time. I went through depression. I suffer from anxiety. They. They let it all out now right
2: yeah they're, they're so different. Gen Z is so interesting to me and you know having three daughters that fall in there yeah. and I've done some some work with um, with Gen Z through through my coaching and mm. it's so interesting that you're exactly correct Sharon is that they I mean two-thirds of them will seek out mental health resources you know you, you go to my generation that would be like no you would hide that you wouldn't you know that yeah. isn't something you would share with others. Yes. And, you know, they're so interested in purpose and, and passion and changing the world, um, which uh, is, you know, something that I had to learn over time, because for years, I I was someone that felt like, hey, I'm, I'm one person, what, how can I make a difference? And then when I, in my writing and creating I Spark Change, I realized that, you know, every single person can have an impact on others mm-hmm. and, and make a difference in the world and make the world a better place. And, and that's where, you know, I have um, some hope in their generation, you know, and our children that they will improve things for all of mm-hmm. us because they believe they can.
1: Yeah. I I think in terms of the generations that followed us, you know, where we did them a great disservice was when we, when we pulled the, I I don't know who did it, but somebody pulled the arts out. Right. Right. You remember when Mm -hmm. you and I were growing up and the arts were a thing like you, it was a big deal. Now they, I think they call them electives, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right. If you're interested in it, but it was always, you know, there was always some creative outlets. Right. And I, I think it, some schools are starting to bring that back, but really your story speaks to it because what I love about, I mean, you never, did you ever think you were an author? Did you ever consider that you could write a book? And, um, I think sometimes people, you know, the old ways you think you have to have that skill set. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, I, I, I'd agree in a, in a lot of ways. And for myself, I mean, I, I, it was one of those things that was like, Hey, that's kind of a bucket list thing. It would, it would be nice to write a book and, And I mean, honestly, after, after, after my accident, when I had the idea for my story, for the the story that would become 12 hours of heaven, Mm. I wrote, I typed out about a page in word, you know, like one page in word, probably about 500 words, I guess. Mm
3: -hmm. And,
2: and then I, as you said earlier, I went back to life. I never did anything with it. I Mm. just filed it away. I don't know what computer that went on or what hard drive, where it even ended up. and. I, you know, maybe at that time I didn't see myself as an author and, um, Mm, you know, maybe interesting. So you
1: planted the seed, you planted the seed 20 years ago, right? So you actually had the title in your mind. I'm just thinking of the audience right now and and reflecting on, you know, I think we all plant seeds, right? We forget about, I mean, it's like putting a seed in the ground. You're like, I can't remember where that bulb is. I, am I going to hit it? Did I plant it? Did I even do it? (laughs) But, um, you know, I think we all plant these little seeds and we don't realize at the time we have no idea. We just, we just put it down. We have no idea that it's something has been planted there. Um, I do want to hear, you know, um, a little bit, we have just a, a couple more minutes before the break, Rick, but, um, about these, these lessons, are you willing to um, share a little bit about that? Because, of course, I'm, like the audience, I'm I'm a little bit curious. Um, is that? Bef- Maybe we'll get into the lessons after the break. But before the break, was that channeled the lessons, or was it your interpretation of what was channeled, or a little bit of both?
2: I'd I'd really say it was a little bit of both because after after my my accident, I went through a period of reflection. Um, that lasted for a few months where I I realized I really needed to change my life and and, and to be better in a lot of ways. And I wrote what I called a to-do list for every day was the title I put on You said
1: accident. I'm sorry to interrupt. You said, are you talking about the depression or are you talking about the 20 years
2: ago? No, the 20 years ago, the car accident. Yes, it was car accident. Okay. How
1: old were you then? Because I'm thinking you're like very small. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm 50 okay, you, now. So you
1: yeah, know. I guess. Okay. So you were, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. Okay. So yeah. you're in your thirties.
2: Yeah, I was, I was 29 20s? or 30. Or, yeah. Okay.
1: So you're 29. This you had this experience. So was this experience with your, with your current family or your birth family? Cause you said, no, with,
2: like- with, with my current family. So I had my wife and, oh. and my two, my two oldest daughters were, were, um, very we're young we're one in
1: Oh my at, goodness at so that's scary so you had yeah. an accident with them okay yeah. did everybody else miss that or was i the only one okay
2: <laughs> i'm sorry so, <laughs> I, mean, we're kind of going, I didn't know to what,
1: what family we're talking about okay <laughs> so now that we know this was this was 20 years ago and i had to do the math you're actually 29 what did what did you write down rick
2: i i wrote i wrote um what I called a to-do list for every day, and it was it was a list of just simple things, just simple things like being grateful and being mm-hmm. present, and you know, loving um, loving my family and treating others the way I you know um, I would want to be treated, and you know, golden rule, and and just so such simple things on this list, not mm-hmm. being hurtful with my words or actions, and they're you know, that was probably, there was probably some inspiration in writing that list, some inspiration in, Hey, this is what you should focus on because it really did give me guidance after that point for my life moving forward that, um, you know, that I should make some changes. And, and that list did prove to be the foundation of the lessons that I included Ah. in
3: 12
2: hours of heaven. So,
1: so that is fascinating. And, and in terms of the 12 hours of heaven um i mean were you at a point where you were not conscious were you i mean when you say heaven what do you mean by that
2: yeah well the sto- the the story is a fictional story um, oh, right. and it yes. was inspired by our accident so i i wasn't i didn't have that okay. type of experience where i was um you know out of body or anything like that um okay. but but it was, it was inspired by that. And one day as I was sitting in my car after the accident, as I said, I went through a period of reflection for a couple months sure. and yeah. I would find myself just sitting and thinking and daydreaming and, you know, kind of wondering why we were alive and everything. And my mother had given me a, a little guardian angel pin um, to put on the visor because she said, you know, your guardian angel had protected you in the accident. And I'm staring up at this pin one day as I said you know like daydreaming and then all of a sudden the idea for the book hit me like that like I had yeah. just watched the movie like I just seen the whole thing and wow. I had the idea for the whole for the whole uh, book just instantaneously
1: like a spark like
2: right? a spark yeah like like a spark, a, like, like a spark yeah just right there I
1: love it I love it. We need to take a quick break, Rick, more um, when we get back with Rick Ornelius, uh, who, again, is the author of 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better for a Better World in Under Three Months. We'll be right back.
0: From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time.
3: A guest, mention a sponsor and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to dreamvision7radio.com and click on host for the day.
1: Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. And I'm speaking with Rick, who is the author of Twelve Hours of Heaven: Lessons for a Better World. So, Rick, before we were um, before the break, you were sharing about the accident. We were getting clarity about the accident because I was a little bit confused. Did you have any more anything more to say about that? Just so we're all clear before we get into the lessons.
2: Yes, I, I think it's important, Sheriana, to share. You know about what actually happened in the accident because it did it did lead to you know the inspiration for the lessons. Okay, as I was saying with the, the writing of that to do list, and and it, at the time I was you know I was a, a young father, and my wife and I we had we had uh, two daughters at the time. You know our youngest wasn't born yet. Our other ones were just one and four, and we're we are driving along um, in in Southern California. And where we lived at the time and we're coming back from a children's birthday party on a sunday afternoon late afternoon and it starts to rain really really hard um to where cars are pulling over you can't see you know out of your windshield they're pulling over and uh, we decide to continue on because we don't want it to get dark and we're still a couple hours from home and you know i as i said I mean, I was young and and you know, a little bit cocky and like, oh, it's fine, we can continue driving on. Well, we're in the slow lane driving, and um all of a sudden I hit a large puddle and lose control, and we start hydroplaning and we start spinning out of control, just spinning around and around and around, and we we drift over four lanes to the left, and we don't hit other car any other cars. Um and we're about to hit the center divider and I'm screaming and, and my wife is screaming and, and I'm trying to steer. And for some reason, we don't hit the center divider and we continue to spin, but the other direction. And so then we spin across four lanes the other way. And then we go off the shoulder, up a dirt embankment, and we hit a brick wall and we flip over completely and we land back on the wheels.
1: You are kidding me.
2: No, no. And, and the, the windshield is smush is smashed is complete cracked, shattered. And the car's filled with glass and dirt and the, the roof is smashed down to like eye level and the right side is all smashed. And those windows are broken. And I checked my wife and she's okay. You know, she just says her shoulders a little sore from, you know, the impact was on that side, mm. but um, my kids are now, you know, crying they're awake. They had been asleep and I get them out and we crawl out of my, my side, my door. And uh, this elderly couple had pulled over and they had witnessed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the the lady grabs a big blanket and wraps around my wife who's sitting on the side of the road, you know, sobbing and you know, thanking God that the girls and holding the girls as tight as she possibly can, because they're, you know, okay. And they're alive.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and I'm talking to the gentleman and he tells me, he says, I thought you were killed for sure. It, it, he says, it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh. And for you to get out of the car, like, I, I can't believe it, that you all just got out and you're all fine. And, you know, I, I kind of thought, well, I'm like, really, was it that bad? You know, and I look at the car, I'm like, well, the car looks pretty bad. And they have to tow the car away. And, and we go, you know, the kids get checked out and the ER and they're like, they're fine. Everything's fine. And the next day I, I go down to the impound yard to get our things out of the trunk. And the, the car is sitting on a flatbed truck in front of the office. And it's all, you know, I, I see it again. I'm like, wow, it looks pretty bad. And I go into the office and I tell the attendant, I say, I'm here to get my things out of the, the car outside. And he's like, which mm-hmm. car is yours? And I said, it's the Black Grand Prix on top of the flatbed. And he's like, that's not your car. And I go, no, that's my car. And he's like, no, whoever was driving that is dead. And and I go, excuse me. And he said, Oh, I can always tell by the look of the car that person's dead, or they're they're where they're gotta be in the hospital, you know. And I was like, and, you know, I had to show him my ID and convince him that it's my car. And that's when I realized that, you know, maybe it was a big deal, yeah. that maybe something special had happened, and and that you know, me and my arrogance was not realizing how lucky we were and how blessed and fortunate. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and then as, you know, people kept telling me like my mom, you know, that we were, it was a miracle and all these things that was, that was really that, that was a deep period of reflection that, that changed me for my whole life. And, and even if, even if those lessons didn't come out right away, um, you know, they came out in, in that early form, that to-do list. Mm
3: -hmm. And then,
2: you know, as I, as I wrote the story, that's where I really refined them because they were things that probably I had learned over the 20 years, things that Mm -hmm. I had dealt with or others had dealt with, or that I had helped and, and had seen in life. And, And I think that's really why, you know, what i what I feel for me is why the story didn't come to be all those years ago is because I needed to learn some of those lessons on my own. I needed to experience them in my life. I needed to have those life experiences to share with others so they could relate and, and it could be impactful for them. And so they, you know, they just needed more time to develop.
1: Mm -hmm. So you, that, that's absolutely fascinating. I mean, what, what a fascinating story how have you changed? You keep mentioning that it's changed you, right? So, um, how have you changed, Rick? I mean, what, what were you like before, and what are you like now? I mean, is there a big difference? Did people notice? Or did your wife notice?
2: Yeah, I, I think I think the biggest differences the biggest difference that came right after the accident was I started focusing more on my family. And that was something that, you know, my parents had, you know, especially my father that, you know, like family, family, family is everything. And I was at that point, like I said, I was young and I was spending, you know, I'd go off and I'd I'd spend time at the gym or playing basketball. And I I was just not, I was still focused on, you know, being a young, young single guy, even though I was Mm. married with two kids. And after that, my Family became my primary focus after that. I mean, above all else, and still is to this day. And so, I think that's the biggest change. And then, my faith became stronger after that, for sure. And then, and then that's, and then over time, what really grew is the service, the service to others, like to help others and to really be interested in in wanting to you know, make the world better. And it was it was two years ago, where, you know, almost exactly two years ago, when the when the whole pandemic started, where I realized that I could do a lot more that I hadn't been living up to my potential in terms of the service aspect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I realized that my purpose was to love and to give and to serve others. And, and that I wasn't upholding that and you know that gift of my life that I had been given and my family's life after that accident that I needed to do more with it and and in that time I'd say where people notice the most change is probably in the last couple of years in in the last two years you know where my wife is i mean she says i'm just a totally different you know just a different person and my family and you know the people I work with, and what and does everything. she?
1: What does she say? How are you a, a totally different person? I, I. It sounds like you are these. What you've written in terms of, um, in terms of the lessons. It sounds like you're you're the living lesson. Is that correct? Would you do? Do you feel like you're you've embodied these lessons? You're not just talking about them.
2: Yes. Yes, and you're the first person to ever ask me that, but I would, Sharon. But I would say the answer to that question is yes, and I, I, I'm, you know, I still work on it every day. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I have many flaws, and and they have to be worked on every day, and you know, I get help from God in that respect. I feel that he helps me every day to be better in the Holy Spirit, and. And so, you know, a, a lesson, you know, just to give you an, a, an example with some of the lessons to, to be present.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: that's something I've, I've worked on and have done so like with my family, for example, to be present mm-hmm. and focused on others and to not be distracted. And, and I still work on that or to be grateful mm-hmm. or, um, you know, to expand your relationship with God. I mean, these are all things that I've worked on over the years and continue to work on. Mm -hmm. And, and where my wife has has really noticed it is just that, that I've kind of taken all of them just to a a completely another level, you know, that maybe, you know, maybe it was at a, at a level 10 where I wasn't doing bad, you know, I wasn't doing Mm -hmm. bad, but Mm -hmm. now it's at a thousand (laughs) Mm -hmm. where I'm, you know, I'm just trying to embody them and be that example and, and be there for for my family. And like I said, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's better days and, and you know, not so good days. Um, I'm just shooting for a much higher benchmark, I guess. Mm. Um, realize that I, I could, you know, why am I living only up to this level? If that's just, hey, that's, it's pretty good. You know, people are like, hey, that's great. You know, that's, that's good when it could be just so much higher.
1: So it sounds like you're not just sort of existing, like okay, this is my role. But you know, as long as the pay- bills get paid, right? Kids are fed, you know. Everybody's how help- we're doing great, right? It sounds like you're really choosing to show up for your life. When you say I, I choose to be more present. Um, you've mentioned a few times. You said, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm always. Sounds like this is part of it. Would you say is that there is this Uh, there's a humility about you, Rick. I mean, is that what I'm feeling come through when you say I'm not perfect? I'm always, this is, this is always work. Um, And would you say that's part of the embodiment is the humility?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's an excellent way to look at it, Sherry. I'd say that's a, you know, you summed it up very well is that I, I think a big part of wanting to be better or be the best version of yourself, you know we'll say for for mm. purposes of the conversation is having that humility and realizing that it's a continuous work in progress. Mm. you know, as I like to say is that you know i I feel um God he's like chiseling away at me you know like to 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 make a masterpiece you know like michelangelo would would chisel away for like years to you know to make the david or something and it's like he's going to continue working on it until the day i die you know and, and it's it's never going to be perfect um but he's going to keep working so i'm going to keep working and mm. and it's just each each chisel strike each you know with each day try to get a little bit better and just be better than the day before um and and that humility i guess comes um i mean you know e- even though like i was saying when i was younger i would was kind of arrogant and cocky and and um you know especially in sports and different things but um i i think the humility is something i really learned from my father because he was probably the most humble person i've ever realized you know i've ever known and and, and i i did learn recently that The Hebrew word for humility is uh, anava, which means to take up your God-given space in the world. Mm. And so, it it doesn't mean like kind of the modern definition to lessen yourself or you know to take some subservient position.
3: Mm.
2: But it it, you know to take up you know the literal translation to go back you know two thousand years is is you know what is your God-given space in the world. And so, I think for me that's something that I'm always shooting for. I'm trying to shoot for, okay, what is the space that he wants me to take in the world? And I feel that, you know, when he said, Hey, you're going to write a book and Hey, you create icebar spark change and everything that he wanted me to create, to hold a different space in the world mm-hmm. and, and impact more people and, and change more lives. And so that's what I'm working towards.
1: And do you believe that you have been taken care of? Because a lot of people don't move in these directions because they're too afraid, right Rick they believe they' worried am I going to still put okay, that's a great idea but <laughs> will I still pay the bills right? will will I be will I be able to still be successful um, and do you w- what would you say to people who are have that in the back of their mind?
2: I'd say that that that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's a a natural kind of human response. It's the same response that I had Mm -hmm. when, when I, when I had that spiritual experience for that time, when I was writing my book, I didn't share it with anybody. I didn't even tell my wife while it was going on and until I finished writing. And then I had this incredible urge to share it with anyone possible. So I shared it with my wife and then my mom and my sisters, and it was also very positive. And then I just went in my backyard and recorded, put my phone on a tripod and recorded a video and threw it on Facebook for, mm-hmm. for anyone to see. And thousands of people viewed it. And, and there was a lot of support. And, and I think I didn't share it at first just because I was afraid, afraid of being judged or afraid of what people would think of me or, or think I was crazy or, or think that, you know, who are you to think you can change the world and, And, and I no longer have that fear, you know, sure. I know it's challenging and and I have struggles and I work on it every day. And I, I, um, know that I have, you know, big goals with regards to I spark change and impacting a billion people in five years. And, and I know these, this is all going to take a long time and a lot of work. I'm not under any illusion that it won't Mm -hmm. what I do believe is that regardless of what it takes, I'm still going to work towards it.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm still going to work towards it because Mm -hmm. you can let fear stop you. And then you never know what you could have accomplished. You never get to, Mm -hmm. you know, that beautiful version of yourself because of fear. And that's not, you know, I was that person for a long time and that's not the person that I am choosing to be any longer.
1: This has been amazing. It was an amazing conversation with you today. So appreciate everything that you're doing. Everyone who's listening, remember it's isparkchange.com. And Rick's book is called 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World. Thank you so much, Rick, for being on Just Ask Spirit. And I hope everybody goes out. I can't wait to get your book. I'm super excited. Um, it's been a pleasure getting to know you.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me on, Cheriana. I appreciate, you know, the questions and the kind words. And I am working on a follow up uh, book um, right now. So, you know, Ooh, God willing, Luke. that'll come out when the time yeah. is right.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So we're going to get another one. So we better get this one first, everyone. <laughs> We will be ready for the follow-up. And I'm going to be right back, everyone, after the break with um, some messages from Just Ask Spirit and some information about cleansing, emotional cleansing. So we'll be right back after the break.
3: Looking for a fun and relaxing getaway? Omega Rest and Rejuvenation Retreats are a great way to unwind and renew your spirit. Sit and read in the garden, explore the woodland trails, or try a daily yoga or meditation class. You can stretch your body, quiet your mind, and do as much or as little as you choose. Located in Rhinebeck, New York, just 90 miles north of New York City, Omega's natural environment
1: and quiet pace allow for extraordinary experiences to unfold. Learn more at eomega.org. Are you looking for a simple way to stay in shape and care for your emotions? Well, look no further. It's Shariana here, and I want you to know I have been teaching yoga for over 20 years. My style might be a little different. I include a little bit of cardio, yoga, breath work, and of course you're going to hear my emotional detox teaching sprinkled in. People describe my classes as therapy. So zoom in and practice yoga with me live on Tuesdays at 930 Eastern or Thursdays, noontime Eastern, where you can take it on demand as I record everything. Go to shariannaboyle.com, click Explore Memberships to learn more.
0: From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show.
3: When we think of a detox, we usually think of it as a physical experience. But what about a mind-emotional detox? With Sherrianna Boyle's new book, Emotional Detox Now, you get just that. Inside, you will find 135 of Sherrianna's signature cleanses laid out for you. In just five minutes a day, you can enjoy the soothing benefits of an emotional detox. Imagine, feeling centered, calm and free. With an Emotional Detox Now, you can. Grab your book today at your favorite bookstore, or go to com.
1: Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. I'm Sherry Anna. Wasn't that a great show? It's always a great show. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed it. I, I'm still digesting it. I, I don't know if you are, but I'm really, really digesting it. So, um, So what I do in this part of this segment of the show is well, one, to deliver a message from spirit. So I call it Just Ask Spirit. I've been doing that for many, many years, by the way. Um, I've been asking spirit questions. I just didn't realize how often I did it. And then one day it dawned on me, I'm like, I need to put this out there in the world, that this idea of just asking spirit. And so I also infuse some emotional detox teachings into this this segment of the show because emotions are such a part, I believe they you know they are they connect us to our soul. You know, when they're in a state of processing, they can connect us to our soul. And cleanse, when I use that term, cleanse is the seven steps of an emotional detox. Cleanse is actually a, the process. The, an emotional detox is the mindset. So I just want to be clear when you hear all of this terminology, the mindset of an emotional detox is all your emotions matter, processing them matters more. That's one of the prin- core principles it stands upon. Um, I created an emotional detox during a time of crisis in my own life. So I honestly could, could relate to Rick big time. I really felt like um, We were mirroring each other in many ways because I had come to a point in my life where I things just the world stood still, you know. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that, where you're trucking along and and you're you're doing okay, and then all of a sudden you get slammed in the in the face, and and the world stands still, and everything you thought you knew you don't understand anymore. So I get that. And that's how the core book, which is the white emotional detox book with all the colors was born. And that's really my story. That was my personal story of inspiration of the emotional detox journey, which I believe helps a lot of people. I know help a lot of people because when you tell a story, it's relatable rather than teaching just concepts. and. I think that sometimes really great things happen from a good story. You know, these, these messages, these words to live by these lessons, like what, uh, what am I saying? What Rick created trying to say two words there at once. And, and so in my response to what you just heard in terms of Rick was, I felt very, um, Like there was a mirror there. There was definitely a lot that we that we shared. And so, in terms of what's coming up to be cleansed, huh? Well, I did. There's a couple things. There's been situations that have come up this week in terms of the themes, right? So I often will see with Work with clients, or I also teach yoga on shariannaboil.com. And throughout all the work that I do, whether it's writing, you know, I pick up themes. And the theme, in terms of what's coming up to be cleansed, is really noticing how we're trying to process an emotion. Because what I've learned in working with people is sometimes we're trying to process situations. I actually put a quote up on Instagram today. I I wrote this down, put it in a quote. So if you follow me on Instagram, sherryanna.boyle, you'll see it there somewhere. And I do find that when we try to process situations, it can be tricky. And you can think that that's an emotion when it's not an emotion. You're trying to make sense of something, or maybe you're still trying to heal from something. So what's been coming up to cleanse is really just kind of noticing that, meaning what exactly am I cleansing here? And am I cleansing at all? or am I just trying to still figure out a situation. It's kind of like an aftermath. Like what is it's like what Rick was talking about in terms of you have an accident or something happens in your life and then you're like I need to kind of go through these events to figure out how the hell did that happen? How did I get in this situation? What did I miss? Right? Or how did it turn out like Rick said that's a, how did it turn out so well? How did I survive that? Right. So, those are all sort of processing events in our lives. And very often, emotion goes along with that. But as you could see, if I were to blend, you know, even Rick into this theme of the week, it really wasn't until he started to feel his emotions. Right. And that was for him through the writing allowing himself to start, right? That things started, everything started to unfold and make sense. And did you hear how the interpretation came out completely different? He's able to look back and have an, an, a whole different perspective on what happened and why. I think we all can do this sometimes. I think we we try to figure out a situation. We get stuck in the details. And I'm wondering if we're missing the emotion, right? That can happen. That can happen. So the the point of what's coming up to be cleansed is really to just sort of bring some of these teachings to life, to share them with you, some awarenesses, some insights, some information through the work of an emotional detox. I'm an emotional detox coach, of what I see and and hope that it can support if you choose to go on an emotional detox journey, which I've written three books on that out of all the books, which I hope you do, um, you'll you'll have a little bit more to work with that this would enhance that process for you. Now, in terms of Just Ask Spirit, So what happens for me is when I go through a cleanse, which again is the seven-step process for processing an emotion, what ends up is I land in spirit, right? I'm, I really land in it. It's not that I'm not connected to it. I really land. I feel like I'm, I'm meshed with spirit by that seventh step. Like I can feel it, I'm embodying it. it. It's all around me. Everything shifts in that moment at the bottom of the cleanse. and that's when I start to ask spirit, right, questions. So before I hopped back on the on the show here with you, um, and during commercial break, I asked spirit a question right and my my question was okay spirit what should i say <laughs> like what would you what would you want to let people know after that segment with rick and knowing my what's coming up to be cleansed and here's what spirit came through and came through me and is saying to all of us spirit said you can create from compassion you can create from love And don't be afraid to create from compassion. Now, take a moment and just breathe that in and breathe that out. If you just heard that, you can create from compassion, you can create from love, but more importantly, don't be afraid of that. So I think sometimes we hope that we're going to land in compassion. Um, What Spirit said to me was, there's is instead of thinking, be compassionate, create from compassion. So again, instead of focusing on being compassion, not that that's not a bad thing, but sometimes again, we can get caught up in these certain teachings and we can lose sight of what they're they're trying to teach us. Instead of be compassion, create from compassion. Because sometimes be compassionate, we're still on the exterior. Do you get that? We're still in judgment. Do you get that? Because now it's like you're compassionate, you're not. You're loving, you're not. You've got it, you don't. You've got work to do. What spirit said to me today was create from compassion. Interesting, huh? I love spirit. Oh God, do I love spirit. I will tell you, I love spirit. I always get my best advice from spirit. (laughs) And and it's the kind of advice, and I, I shouldn't say advice, it's guidance, right? That really stays with you, that you can really... Marinate in that you can saturate yourself with that. I almost feel like I'm getting a healing at the same time. So don't you? I mean, if he really comes direct that way and not it, it's it's like an all-encompassing downloadable, as as Rick pointed out, experience. I really found that conversation very lovely today. I found it very invigorating um and lots of sp- sparkly hope from that and and I hope that you I hope that you did as well thank you so much for for showing up and listening to just as spirit and remember your emotions matter processing them matters more go to shariannaboyle.com. you'll find all my books there and feel free to follow me on social media. Hey, I also, I don't want to forget to mention, I've got a Facebook group that I just, honestly, I just threw it together and it's called Just Ask Spirit. And I just said, you know, we need a group. So feel free to join that group and tell me what you thought of the show. Okay. Thank you. Until next time. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening Join Sherrianna next time to continue this remarkable journey of discovering the amazing power of your emotions. Reach out to Sherrianna directly on SherriannaBoyle.com. Share your comments and ask your Just Ask Spirit questions. Until next time, remember, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more.
3: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.